Thanks for listening to this episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, your movie trivia and discussion podcast. Please like the Facebook page and leave your comments or questions. It's facebook.com slash screenfacts. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes to automatically get new episodes every Wednesday. Well, joining me on this episode of the podcast, once again, is the blazer, Brian Berkowitz. How are you, Jason? Thanks for having me again. A pleasure. Always great. So uh, we are wrapping up baseball month on the podcast. We're going to discuss The Sandlot. So it was released April 9th, 1993. Um, Not really a lot of stars in the movie. There's a couple of people that were successful in other things that have smaller roles. Dennis Leary, Karen Allen, and James Earl Jones. But then there's, you know, uh, an ensemble of kids that make up pretty much most of the movie. The fact is, is that if you look at this movie, not worrying what they did next, it's a perfect movie. I think this movie celebrates everything it meant to be a kid in the summer. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'll give a confession. I've given a lot of confessions on here. I've never seen The Goonies. I am not a huge baseball fan, but I love baseball movies. Okay. There's something great and patriotic about baseball. And it really Absolutely. Uh, it represents summer. It represents all that's good in the world. And this movie is one of my favorite movies. In fact, my children have just been turned on to this. There's a couple... I think they say shit a couple times. In yeah, this. there's a couple of things. Right? But, you know, we, we never ever say those words in my house. So, <laughs> exactly. you know, my poor children. But it's a fantastic movie. And I think it's a good family movie also. Minus, you know, a few key phrases. It's a very, very, very good movie. And I think it would appeal to anybody any age. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned The Goonies before. This movie, I feel, is very similar to The Goonies. It's also very similar to Stand By Me. Roger Ebert compared it to A Christmas Story in the summer. Interesting. And I think that, that they all kind of make sense. You know, the movie has elements of all of those movies, the ragtag group of kids and all that kind of stuff. You so. know, this was what, 1960s, we think, that this was taking 60, place? In? I think it's 62 you is know, when it takes place. It's funny, with all the technology, all the modern conveniences we have today, I'm born in the 70s, it was in 1970, so I don't know what life was like in the 60s, but it wasn't, I don't think it was much different from, you know, we still rode our bikes everywhere, we still played oh, outside, yeah, yeah. and I was a little sentimental for the time period and the simplicity of just being outside and being with your friends and having those amazing summers that you certainly, at least me, don't get to have as an adult anymore. <laughs> yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, you know, there's a, a great scene in the movie where there's kind of a block party going on for July 4th. Yep. And that's the only time they play a night game in the movie because the fireworks, fireworks light up the sky so much. Maybe that's a little far-fetched, but at the same time, it's kind of a, a sweet thing that they that they do in the movie. You know, it's funny, too. My One of my favorite parts of the night game is when Patrick Renna, Hamilton... Ham Porter uh-huh. is running to play and he's stopping at every table and grabbing some food on the, on the way out. Because honestly, for me, you know, being that I'm not the sports guy, I would need to be well fed before I go out also. <laughs> so it's a um, interesting. Now, Jay, I have a couple confessions about this movie. You know? Okay. I don't like to say that I hobnob with the big Hollywood types, but I have two instances where I have actually hobnobbed these Hollywood types. The first one is, you know, in um, 1989, I was on the game show Remote Control. Yes. And Dennis Leary got his start on remote control, one of his things. Oh, okay. he, used to, he used to do a Keith Richards impression. In fact, the episode I was on in 1989 had him doing Keith Richards. So, oh, that's I, so cool. I don't cool. remember if I actually, I shouldn't say hobnobbed with him, but the distance you and I are right now is where is where he was. That's really cool. You know, it's funny because I don't remember him on that. I remember him being uh, involved with MTV, but remote control, I just remember Adam Sandler and Colin Quinn. Correct. But Dennis Leary was on it also. Very cool. In the, the very episode. And then <laughs> the other thing, one of my favorite stories, so around... 2000 or so, I was in Los Angeles with my buddy Matt Fass. In LA, 
just, I think it's right off of Melrose where my friend was living, was a Mayfair supermarket. And the bunch of times I've been in Mayfair, I had some celebrity spottings in there. Okay. But w- one time I came into LA and we went there and we were waiting online in the deli. Like I must have just come right from LAX and we're waiting online <laughs> and I looked directly in front of me and Patrick Renna, Hamilton Porter, <laughs> you're killing me, Smalls, Hamilton Porter, <laughs> is standing directly in front of me. So this has got to be 15, 16 years ago. And I was starstruck. I mean, That's you know, so funny. Yeah. I mean, literally, and he looked exactly the same. Right. And, um, <laughs> you know, I think he was in the Sobe commercials. Do you remember those commercials? It was a yeah. first beverage. But it was he was like online at the deli, just like a normal person. And I'm thinking to myself, boy, LA is amazing, you know? <laughs> and, so cool. You know, because, listen, maybe he's not the biggest star in the world. I love this movie. This movie yeah. was a big deal. You know, I didn't want to brag. I didn't want to have to, you know, drop <laughs> names on this. But <laughs> this, okay. is, this is an episode... Because I have nothing in common with ever playing baseball. So did you, I was going to ask you, did you ever play baseball when you were a kid? <laughs> you know, I used to go to camp every summer and <laughs> you I- You were the I, kid that was picked last. No, I probably was picked last, but I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll say this. No, it's true. I'm certainly not short. I'm not as tall as you. Right. I'm left-handed, which you think would be great for, base, awesome, for yeah. baseball. I must have played in camp. And as I've said about every sport I've ever played in, I worked really, really hard. I practiced. I did everything. And eventually I sucked. <laughs> so you got, I did not. But I will say, right before I came here, I went and stopped and watched my daughter play softball. Oh, okay. And um, I felt that was kind of cool that I was sitting in a uh, baseball field uh, where, I, where I live. You know, I was there for like 15 minutes just before I came over here. That's she was catching and she was unhappy because she wanted to be the pitcher. Yeah. But I'm feeling very uh, baseball-y. So the Blazette plays ball. That's cool. She she does. She's and and she's enjoying it. Very um, cool. And last year my son played little league. So we have, you know. Okay. I'm I'm trying to breed out the (laughs) non-athleticism from me because I'm. It's just you know my father played football. My dad was the biggest kid in the neighborhood, and he had no choice growing up in Brooklyn. You had to play football. (laughs) That's funny. But he did not pass it on to me. And like I said. The harder I worked, the more I sucked at it. So We talked about baseball memories on the last episode. Tim and I, when we were talking about Bull Durham, he asked me if I had any memories about playing ball. So obviously, baseball wasn't a big part of when you were growing up for you. But I have to ask, were you as bad as Smalls is in this movie when he first starts out? I definitely was afraid of the ball. (laughs) When you're this pretty, you got to be careful. You got to be careful that, some, that something's going to hit you in the face. You, you saw sure. when, when him and Dennis Leary were playing catch and yeah. you got the shiner. I mean, yeah. if that would have happened to me, I don't know what would have would have come to me. Now, interesting is a sidebar. So I played in camp. We put, we played baseball every day in camp. And mm-hmm. I went to a camp called Town and Country Day Camp in Old Tapan, New Jersey. Okay. And there was a baseball training camp there. For some reason, the owner was able to get Yankees there. There were always Yankees walking around the camp. Wow. So when I That's was in camp cool. one summer, there was a kid there and his name was Michael. That's what I'm going to tell you first of all. And he was bragging that his father was a baseball player. His name was Michael Nettles. Oh, and, man. Um, he, <laughs> and nobody believed him. And um, he was over there. He was playing. And, and is it Greg Nettles or Craig Nettles? Greg Nettles. Who was left-handed, by the way, right? Yes. Yes, like the blazer, you see. And uh, <laughs> he came to his father came to the camp. And sure enough, it was his dad. But And, and forgive me. I'm sure he would never be hear, hearing this. But <laughs> I think he had the problem was he was not a very good ball player. And that must be horrible when your father is in. As a Yankee. As a Yankee. Yeah, so, and he uh, was a great Yankee, too. And he was known for making great defensive plays and, and stuff, and he had a good bat, too. And so. the fact that I even knew he was left-handed is impressive. Yes, you know, that is. I have I have this talent with sports. I, I, don't dis- <laughs> I don't love sports. I don't dislike them. But I notice that people are very passionate about sports. So when you're talking to people about sports, if you, if you know a couple good facts, you could turn that into a two- or three-hour conversation. <laughs> and I happen to be very good at that. And, I, and honestly, It probably serves you well in my, life. Well, my friends who are... 
you know, who love sports, I like talking about with them. I don't want to be excluded from things like that. I like hearing expertise. I like hearing people talk about it. I love baseball, but I don't really watch baseball on TV that much. Probably really next to never these days. Who oh, has I, time? I, I also like Cracker Jacks. Oh, okay. well, yeah, of course. <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> It's great. It's a, good, it's a good point. I've talked about it on pretty much every episode this month. We love going to the New Jersey Jackals games because sure. it's just fun to go to the ballpark. Did you, you get know? a shout out from the Jackals on Twitter, didn't you? I recently? did. Yeah, it was, was kind of cool. They retweeted uh, about the podcast. I, I saw that. You know, it's funny also. I want to throw one, one more thing is past two years, I've taken my um, son to see the Mets and he's a Met fan because that's the first game we ever went to. And everyone's like, oh, you're taking your son to the ball game. And I'm always saying, you know, I just don't ever want him sitting in therapy one day saying my father never took me to a ball game. <laughs> but I, I actually, I love going with him. I love watching how excited the, it was. We both like eating. So there's, you know, there's, there's <laughs> plenty of there's options pl- pl- there. Plenty of options there. And it's fun. And we're going to, we're going to go, you know, see at least one game. And we, you guys go to the Rockland Boulders game. Yeah, we too, do. Right? We live like five minutes from there. Yeah. And, um, you see, know, it's like us with the Jackals. And it's funny with, with the Rockland Boulders is that again, I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I'm a big community fan. And mm-hmm. I like, I like to be places where I see everybody. You know, I happen to like a lot of people, and I love being there. You run into everybody there, and it, you know it doesn't cost you a million dollars to feed your family, and the right. tickets are reasonable. So, yep. you know, maybe we'll give a shout out to the Boulders on Twitter this time also. <laughs> there you go. Right, that's just, true. And they're like the rivals of the Jackals. Right, so. <laughs> right. But that's, hey, listen, that, that that's good stuff. So, are we digressing too much? Or, or is no, this, no, it's all good. This is what I could tell you about what I take from this movie. My favorite characters in movies are the good loyal friends. I like John Candy's character to Monty Brewster and Brewster's Millions. Yep. I like Samwise Gamgee to Frodo and Lord of the Rings. Okay. I like the good friend role. And I think the friendship between Scotty Smalls and Benny the Jet in this movie is fantastic. From when he gives him the baseball hat, mm-hmm. when he pulls the glove out. You felt bad for a kid like that. He moved into the neighborhood. He had nothing in common with these kids. To go from there to this kid being the most important part of their summer because of the baseball. Yeah. If you remember, fast forwarding to the end, we're assuming there's no spoilers on a 23-year-old movie, right? Oh, or, right. Let's you, hope not. Right. So yeah. if, you, know, you, look, you look in the announcer's booth. He's got the picture of him and his buddies from the Sandlot in mm-hmm. there. I think this movie is about friendship first and foremost. Oh, absolutely. And again, I've talked about this with Tim and, and some other people. The movies that have the most staying power are the ones that I think have that kind of a core, where it's either about a really great friendship or a great romance, something that's beyond just the sport in this case. 100%. It's got to be. The you know? sport was almost a character in this movie because... Absolutely. You th- you it was an excuse it. for them all to be together. Correct. And you know, and, and it was great. I love the dedication that um, Benny had about, you know, he had a play and we had to do that. Mm-hmm. I also love that a baseball was 98 cents. Yeah. I, I meant to look up how much a baseball was before this, but I'm imagining it's not 98 cents. No. It's probably uh, at least five bucks nowadays, I'd guess. You like know, a, an official ball or whatever. Uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. This movie is just, it, it really, it, it's a great snapshot of a simpler time. The chemistry between the two actors that played Smalls and Benny, it seems natural, and there's a reason for that. They actually um, got those two kids together a few weeks before the rest of the cast came together, and they were kind of hanging out and getting to know each other because they knew that those two characters were going to be the, the nucleus of the movie. So they wanted to make sure that whoever they got to play those roles were very kind of in sync. And it worked. Absolutely. In fact, the the rest of the cast thought that they were friends forever and ever because they were so you know good together. Did we also read, or did I read somewhere that every one of these kids said this was the best summer of their lives? It was like 40, yeah. 40 something days to film the movie, and it yeah, like forty two days. And the director, director uh, David Mickey Evans, uh, also was one of the writers. Uh, he and Robert Gunter. He he narrates the film too. So he took some of his life experiences and a lot of stuff that happened to him as a kid. You know, was put into the script as well. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of personal connection to the movie um, from not only the cast 
but uh, the director and writer as well. But the kids are all really good together. I agree with you that the friendship between the two of them, you wonder if the world has become such a cynical place that the oldest kid, who's kind of the leader of the gang, would just join in with making fun of the, the, the new kid who's kind of a spaz at first. He wasn't going to allow it. it really no, was. it was great that he, you know, that he include, not only included Smalls, but he really helped him by giving him the glove, by giving him the cap and, and everything. So, you know, so the, definitely the, a cool thing. The pessimist can say that he wanted to have nine guys on the team also. Right. And here was this kid was the last opportunity, which was interesting because they talked about the, the ninth kid who moved away mm-hmm. and they replaced him with Smalls. But then when the movie ends, they're talking about how everybody moved away and they never replaced him. You know, I liked watching the baseball too. I love watching people who are awesome at something. Okay. And... Um, the fact is, is how good Benny was in this team, and oh, yeah. how about how good the kids were when they get challenged by those pretty the pretty boy team with yeah, their, like these, the, the the official little league team, yeah, right? with their with their the their uniforms and the nice field. Well, this is one of the things I'll, I'll segue into if you don't mind. Sure, so, absolutely. When they were uh, going off on each other, you play baseball like a girl. I think that's not politically correct now, and it's funny right. because you see those commercials. But in 1962, that would have been the ultimate insult to lay on a kid. Of course, and then the next thing <laughs> to would have said is your mom or something like that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but it's but it's funny now because you know I have two daughters, and we and things have been spun around where they're saying you have, if you've seen the commercials, run like a girl, hit right. like a girl. It's a badge of yeah. honor now, and my daughter loves saying that and being proud to be a girl and doing these things on here. But oh um, yeah, it's definitely a different world now. But no what question. I what I liked about that kind of just move back away from that i loved how handedly they defeated the other team yes i mean you could tell the difference these guys were living baseball the other guys i think that they spent more time looking like baseball players than being baseball right. players and the kids on the sandlot team have heart and i loved ham porter um oh, busting great. balls while they while they were trying to hit so funny yogi berry used to do that too by the way i didn't know that that's, yeah that's... like just talk to the batters and, and kind of get them off their game a little bit so very there, funny stuff so there were two things that made my wife and i laugh a lot any of you panty wastes, <laughs> which I found out is a term for a sissy, okay. which was also some sort of a thing like straps to hold up a panty. Betty said, said that to him. And can we really discuss this movie without talking about Wendy Peppercorn or whatever? Of course is? not. But, Come on. But the best thing, which had my wife and I hysterical watching this the other night, is the first time you see her when Squints and the yeah, yeah go by the ball. Yeah. And uh, she walks by and he's having one of those Dreamweaver moments looking at her. <laughs> you, you know what I mean by that, yeah, right? totally. And um, when they get back there, what, what the hell took you guys so long? And uh, yeah, yeah says, well, Squints was pervert a dish. Pervert <laughs> <laughs> a dish. Pervert a dish. That term made me laugh so so much. And if you YouTube that pervert a dish, That's funny. you get a couple versions of it. Yeah, there's a lot of great. So, of course, you know, you're killing me, Smalls. It's very well written. Well, it's funny. Some of the things were at Ham Porter, you're killing me, Smalls. What else I loved in this movie when they were trying to explain to him Babe Ruth and all the nicknames? Yeah, yeah. Can, can, can you name them? What do you got? Let's see what The you Sultan got. of Swat. The King of Crash. The King of Crash. Um, Colossus of Clout. Yeah. The Great Bambino. The Great Bambino. <laughs> so I, I just thought, oh, yeah, oh, Babe Ruth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. I like the guy that shows up uh, later in the movie as Babe Ruth in Benny's Dream. Right, Ar- right. Art LaFleur yeah, yeah. is the actor. He was actually in Field of Dreams as well. Okay, so that's... He wasn't playing Babe Ruth in Field of Dreams, but it's just kind of cool that... He looked like Babe Ruth. He played it off very well. Yeah, a little bit. What else did you like about the movie? I I like the Wendy Peppercorn stuff. Oh, yeah. Anytime she's in the movie, of course, the most famous thing is at the pool where he, you know, he fakes drowning so he can suck face with her. That's uh, played by Marley Shelton. Yes. And... uh, 
and you you love the look. Like she called him a pervert. <laughs> yeah, dragged him out and uh-huh. gave him that look. And we know at the end of the movie that they got married, have nine children, and they, right. and they own the drugstore to this day. Right. And what's funny too is in the movie, right after she kicks them all out of the pool, he's he's looking at her through the fence. And she like lowers her sunglasses. Absolutely. And gives him kind of a, it's almost like she's giving him a look like that was really shitty to do. But at the same time. It was uh, brave and awesome. Yeah. She kind of gives it up to him for that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Which I, is neat. It got them banned forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so funny. We couldn't talk about this movie without giving two great references to Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark in this movie. Absolutely. Karen Allen, of course, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. She was uh, in the first one and that crappy one, the Crystal Skull one. Right. 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 Which, uh, by the way, I hear the next Indiana Jones movie is going to be a continuation of that story. So, it, it, which, whatever. But <laughs> anyway, so and of course, James Earl Jones, which was fan- and he was great in this. The small so role he had was fantastic. Oh, he's always good. His facial expressions. Mm-hmm. So I like when he says. George signed this? Right? Yeah. You know, um, there's an interesting uh, little thing about that. So he shows the boys the picture of himself with Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. It's obviously doctored. And what they did was they put James Earl Jones' head on Jimmy Fox's body in the picture. It's like a famous picture of, the, of those three guys. Right. We talked about Jimmy Fox because he was one of the guys, the real-life ballplayers that Tom Hanks' character was based on in A League of Their Own. Okay. Okay. I thought about it after watching the movie and I went, wait a minute. A little bit of an inaccuracy there, because James Earl Jones, obviously, is African-American. Babe Ruth retired in 1935, Lou Gehrig in 39. Jackie Robinson didn't break the color barrier in Major League Baseball until 1947. So there's actually no way that Myrtle could have played with Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Interesting. Speaking about the other Babe Ruth thing... Dennis Leary, right? Huge yeah. Boston guy? Oh, yeah. He's he's a well-known, diehard Boston Red Sox fan who hates the Yankees. So it's kind of funny that he's playing a guy that loves the Yankees in this movie. Have you ever seen on YouTube, they show videos of guys wearing Yankee scarves and walking through like you know South Boston? That's and, stupid. Uh, <laughs> oh, and it's like they almost get killed on oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Mean, I have friends that when they drive by Fenway would give the finger to Fenway. And, um, <laughs> it's so it's, ridiculous it's, and, and, and I'll make you I'll make you laugh how the non-baseball fan... I am in first grade. My favorite team, remember, I'm a New Yorker, was the Boston Red Sox. Not because I understand baseball, <laughs> not because I like the games, not because I like the color of the hats, but the letter on the hat was a B. There you go. For Brian Berkowitz. That's perfect. Or Blazer. That's right. That was pre-Blazer. Right. It's before but, you knew you were the Blazer. Right, right. Well, I, mean, I guess I always was the Blazer, but we, That's right. we just didn't know that. You, but, just had, you just hadn't uh, uncovered that part of your personality. And my first grade teacher, Mrs. <laughs> Maneri, I had the team card, the baseball card of the Boston Red Sox, which... <laughs> I was probably not behaving, which I'm sure. And she took my cards away. And I remember that summer, she mailed my cards back to me. And I had my team card for the Boston Red Sox. How funny. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting. But I, I, I like the, the B. And I remember that to this day that it was, uh, it's, it's almost funny to laugh at that. that yeah. I had a Boston Red Sox hat. What do you know when you're a kid, you know? There's about a handful of people I know that will listen to this and will not believe the amount of sports conversations that I'm keeping up with. I'm very impressed with myself right now. <laughs> You're doing great. I, I am. I mean, you know, is it home run, touchdown? I don't know, but they get a point. They get a, they get a point they for get, it. They get I, points. Listen, I can't even read a baseball scoreboard. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> we'll have to go to a game together this right. year. Maybe we'll go to a Jackals uh, yeah. Boulders game. That could be that'd fun. Be, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, we'll, it's always a good time. We'll, we'll have to talk about that. So absolutely. You know, you know it's funny. But the kids, um, you were talking about the Star Wars connection. The kids were all really excited to meet James Earl Jones because they were all Star Wars fans. Him being the voice of Darth Vader was it was such a thrill for them to get to work with him. You know. Star Wars is religious to me. I mean, it's not truly religious, but it's so ingrained into everything I am. I can understand that if I was involved anywhere near James Earl Jones, oh, yeah. I might become a babbling idiot myself. Listen, he's a legendary actor to begin with, but Star Wars is definitely what connects the kids to him. 
A quick footnote about the character of Benny. The adult version of him in this movie is played by his real-life brother. I saw that, too. I love the mustache that he yeah. had. And it's funny. He was playing for the Dodgers. Yeah. And he had the Dodgers hat. Yeah. On. You know the other thing I love? Everything that happens in the treehouse, including when they're trying to get the ball back from Myrtle's yard. I love the vacuums when they powered the vacuums up together. That was another thing that, that Sue and I were talking when we were watching the movie. Man, these kids are really creative. All the different things they try to do to get the ball back. You know, we used to watch <laughs> my friend Adam Bronner and I, a big fan of the show, of course, mm-hmm. um, who says hello. What's up, um, Adam? We, we used to uh, love watching The Little Rascals when we were kids <laughs> and how they always, they always had those cool cars they'd make right. and all those other things. And we always tried to build stuff. And we were not good at it, of course. We would take like, electronics apart and just basically ruin them. And um, <laughs> It's funny because I remember um, when, when I was a kid, middle school, early high school, the big thing, kids were making their own bikes. They would take pieces of different BMX bikes and make their own custom bike out of that. Because when you were a kid, you're like, yeah, I'll try and do this, I'll try and do that. But We I didn't love- have the internet. Hey, how about the fact that they had the erector set? Oh, Which, it's great. You know, my brothers are 10 and 12 years older than me, so I had old school metal erector sets laying nice. around. My, I said erector. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they uh, that was a cool that was a cool thing. You'd have jagged screws on it and things, but they did a good job and it was funny because um Scotty Smalls was, you know, was a, was a smart kid, you know. I bet I bet you get all A's. No, no. I got a B once. Actually, it was an A minus. <laughs> so I, Everything about this movie was awesome. It was one of those things like when I was overwatching, you know, I always say this thing, after I have a, eat an egg sandwich, you know what I always want next? An egg Another sandwich. egg sandwich. Well, after this movie was over, I wanted to watch it again. It's one of those movies. Like I said, it's very well written. Again, the core of the movie is the friendships that they all share. And, you know, who can't relate to that? I mean, it's great stuff. Uh, another great scene in the movie that, you know, we can't do this podcast without talking about the uh, the chewing tobacco. Oh, it's fantastic. Which what we, we was made out of beef jerky and licorice, right? Yeah, beef jerky and licorice for the tobacco. And then the vomit, split pea soup, baked beans, oatmeal, uh, a little bit of water, and some movie gel. And they use paint guns yeah, to, to, to and, charge and, it. And you know what? They nailed the vomit. It looked real. Yeah, it was very uh, convincing. And by the way, when I was a kid, I lived in Florida for a few years. At that age, in Florida, chewing tobacco was like a thing. Kids got a hold of that from, I don't know, they stole it from their dads or whatever. And I remember I, I tried it once, and I swallowed some of the juice, and it, it made me sick as hell. It was disgusting. Did they call it chaw? Chaw, yeah. You know, for me, Big League Chew is good, but yeah. it's funny. I don't think I could chew tobacco now, and honestly, no. Big League Chew is too sweet for me. So, yeah, it's <laughs> funny. You know, again, I'm just not meant to play baseball. <laughs> you can, you don't have to have gum. Or you have to have something. <laughs> not really. Well, they, a lot of players uh, chew on sunflower seeds. Are they stuff. moving now to stop them from being able? They don't want them chewing tobacco, right? Actually, I, I think uh, I think the league has either banned chewing tobacco in the dugout, or they've certainly cracked down. They're encouraging players to to not chew it. Now, Jason, did we make a big enough deal over your killing me, Smalls? We mentioned it a couple of times, but probably not. Because you know that's the thing that you know you'll randomly hear people say that you do something ridiculous. And Absolutely. Hear, I mean that that's really been put into our vocabulary. It's, yes. It's part of the vernacular, as they'd say now. Yes. But, um, you know, you got to think that's the perfect hashtag. You're killing me, Smalls. Oh, absolutely. Hey, you know, something else I wanted to talk about while we're on this. You know, you have to re- remember that the movie we're watching is basically the narrator telling the story. So I'm assuming right. we're watching this from his imagination because I was thinking, was Hercules really chewing up the erector set and doing all these things? Well, that's the thing. The dog is folklore. It's the legend, right? Because if you look... 
all the scenes, which I think were some were a puppet, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Most scenes, of it was a puppet, except for scenes, when the dog chases Benny and then licks uh, a Smalls on the face. The dog was gigantic, but when right. you look afterwards, when he has the t-shirt on, it's a small little dog. And it's I, not. I, I'm going to cut you off for a second. It's not a small dog. It's, a, it's, it's an it's English a, Mastiff. It's a huge dog. But comparatively to the to the vision, right. and, and I have to say. Uh, forgive me he was not fixed no we noticed that right away too i mean that dog had a set on him <laughs> holy ki- mackerel you're, you're not kidding no wonder they called him hercules yeah no kidding <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's where he was hiding a couple of the baseballs back there i think <laughs> did it make you really sad when the fence fell on him totally well you know <laughs> I'm a re- i almost can't watch that you scene. Know, i always loved animals yeah. but I, i'm a recent dog owner as right. you know and it killed me but you know shout it's, out to monty thank you monty <laughs> What bothered me, nobody wanted to help them. When he said, guys, come on, they all were like standing back and, and afraid. Because they're all afraid of him. Being a new dog owner, I don't like I don't like the idea of a slobbering dog. My right. dog is relatively non-slobbering. Well, he's a small dog. And I'm, tell, I'm telling you right now that if one of my children were covered in as much slobber as that ball was, I'd be like, I'm good. See you later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because I was getting the heebie-jeebies looking at all the yeah. slobber on that ball. Well, that was the thing. They're going through all this effort to get the ball back, right? The thing's worthless at this point anyway, because it's got about five pounds of dog spit on it. I think the, um, the the whole thing with the dog being larger than life when they're telling the story, and this is where it kind of is very similar to Stand By Me. In Stand By Me, there's the big scene with Chopper, the junkyard dog. Right. Chopper's sick balls. And, you know, and then when you see, you finally see Chopper, he's not really that impressive. But the story gets built up so much, you know, in that movie and in this movie too. It's like the Dread Pirate Roberts. Right. Exactly. Yeah, there's, there's all kinds of movies where there's, there's something comparable. That's true. The Gooch on different strokes. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, they used to... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's funny. You said Gooch. That's just yeah. funny to me. So the puppet was used, obviously, for the, uh, the folklore kind of stuff. Because it's, it's huge, you know, when he puts his gigantic paw on, on the thing to stop it. You know, we also didn't comment on in 2016. It would probably be a little weird for the kids to come by an old man's house once a month to sit and talk <laughs> Talking base- about baseball. baseball, right? Yeah, yeah well, you know. <laughs> but, but which really reflects what a simple time that was, you know. Like, you know oh, yeah. And that's, you know. and that's part of the beauty of the whole movie. It's great. Uh, by the way, they, they got the dog to lick Small's face after he lifted the fence off him by smearing baby food all over his face. <laughs> and that, that, and that, was a, that was a great, that dog was huge. His tongue was like bigger than my dog. Yeah. Yeah, that those English Mastiffs are they're big dogs, no question. The chase scene was fantastic. So funny. The cake with the two with the two chefs that yeah. really made me laugh. Yeah, there's are they chefs or bakers? I guess they'd be bakers. Yeah, bakers, I guess. That's why I'm saying there's there's so many elements of this movie that are similar to other movies that aren't sports themed. They're just I, I you know, agree. What did you say? Stand by me. What was coming of age. Movies? I think. Yeah, any coming of age movie that you've seen, there's elements of that in this as well. I agree, hundred percent. I enjoyed the movie. I definitely want to watch it again soon. Yeah, it's it's definitely one that you can watch over and over again and, and always enjoy it and probably find new things. You really don't have to be a sports fan or a baseball fan to appreciate uh, a movie about coming of age and uh, about friendship. That's really what this movie is mostly about. And I would dare you to find people who have seen this movie that don't love it. I bet you you either have never seen this movie or you love it. There's no in between. Yeah, I agree. In 2016, there wouldn't be any undeveloped land anywhere where kids could just play and nobody's. Uh, that's right. And nobody's doing it. If that yeah. if that if that doesn't put a timestamp on it, nothing does. Yeah, that's the other thing that I think makes the movie so likable and enjoyable is that it does take place in a simpler time. Most movies that take place in a simpler time usually have staying power because of that. And it's true. It was a, it was a sweet movie. There was nobody getting hurt. For the right. most part, nobody really being mean to each other in the movie. Right. You know, just I mean, kid stuff. Just kids going back and forth, which you expect. But it really, again, it's a great time stamp from a great period of time that you know I'm sure a lot of people watching it, such as myself, long for. Yeah. 
Well, thanks for, uh, for taking the time to come in and talk about it. I almost got a little tear in my eye. I'm feeling a little sentimental about the Sandlot. I'm, I'm feeling a little verklempt. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Oi. Great movie. So if you have any comments of your own, any questions that you want to throw our way, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash screenfacts. You can also send a tweet to at Jason Davis voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. By the way, we should plug burklaw.com, right? Right. www.burklaw.com. If you have a DWI offense, traffic ticket, or criminal matter in Rockland County or the state of New York, www.burklaw.com. Please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes to automatically get new episodes every Wednesday. And thanks again for listening. And thanks to our announcer, Kim. You can hear more from her at kimsvoice.com. Thanks to the wickedradionetwork.com and show theme music by audionautics.com. You're killing me, small. Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.